vida, yo soy Nelson Agresor y estamos en otro podcast aquí con mi primo Lu y hoy tenemos unas invitadas súper especiales, unas chicas que tienen un poder increíble, ellas son Conquer Divide, está Kia y está Easy. I have goosebumps, Hola. no sé cómo se dice goosebumps en español, pero esto es crazy. Uh, wow, <laughs> Kia y Izzy, thank you guys so much for being with us, we are colossal, huge, gigantic fans of Conquer Divide. And uh, yeah, this is awesome. We're so happy to see that you guys, all the success that you guys have had, all the success that is coming, because only greater things are is coming for your group. It is insane how awesome you guys are. So we want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. We're yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, we're excited too. Thank you. Bueno, vamos a empezar. Eh, primero que todo, como dijo Lu, muchísimas gracias por acompañarnos. Es un honor que estén con nosotros. Somos super fans. Y bueno. Eh, el año pasado tuvimos un top 30 eh, en donde la pieza Atornment fue la número 2, o sea, estuvo a nada de ser la número 1 de todo el año y eso que solamente fue ganada por Ozzy, que fue Patient Number 9, así es que muchísimas felicidades porque aquí en nuestro país realmente les encanta Conquer Divide. So, uh, we're... Again, huge fans. The show is huge fans. We're creating new Conquer Divide fans all over Costa Rica and all over Latin America. Uh, the new album for Slow Burn is out right now. Welcome to Paradise Atonement and Paralyzed videos are on our website. La uh, at the end of the year, every year, we do a top 30 of the year. Atonement was number two, only to Ozzy oh. Osbourne's patient number nine. Because <laughs> <laughs> so it was Ozzy, right? So I mean, Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Paralyzed was on there as well. Um, so we wanted to say, uh, you know, we're just huge fans of you guys. And uh, on that note, we noticed that you had just finished a tour with Icon for Hire. And so how did the tour go? It went well. It was right off, right after um, the Electric Cowboy tour. So we did those kind of back to back. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice um, because the Electric Cowboy tour had sold out mostly before we announced that we were on it. So it was cool to go on the Icon tour and like have our fans have a chance to actually get tickets to come and see us. Um, so yeah, it, it went well though. Very cool. It was Very long. Cool. <laughs> long? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we were gone um, for 42 days away from home, you know? And I think um, we love we love touring, but it was, it was long and hard on the body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sí, tiene que ser muy cansado, la verdad. Es un trabajo muy cansado. La gente piensa que es solo fiesta, pero realmente es un trabajo muy cansado. Yeah, Izzy, it's a tough job. It's like a lot of people think like, oh, wow, you're on tour. You're just having fun playing shows. Just party. That's not work. There's no more people. Yeah. We party, but... Um, but we work hard, that's, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's like... Balance. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it's a small... The partying is a very small percentage. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's always interesting... Um, like coming off of tour and then I have to go back to work and I wanted to take an extra week off of work because um, I had been gone for so long. Um, unfortunately, I could only take two days, but it's interesting because I think my coworkers are just like, why do you need time off? You were just off. Yeah, But it's not a vacation. Ay, qué increíble. Bueno, bueno, hablando siempre de, 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 de la, digamos, la fiesta y todo lo que se vive detrás de un grupo tan grande como el de ustedes, ¿cómo fue el, el festival, el Rockville y el de Blue Ridge? ¿Cómo estuvo este pasado verano? So, what was it like to play your first major huge festivals with both Rock, Welcome to Rockville and Blue Ridge Rock Festival this past summer? 
Rockville was, it was great. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, welcome to Rockville was cool. It was in um, Florida. It was very hot though, very hot to play. But mm. um, so welcome to Rockville is really cool because we actually played twice. So we played the pre-party to the festival in the evening and then we played the next day. And the pre-party was really, really busy. We had a really big crowd. And because we were on early on the main festival day, we were worried that not that many people were going to show up. But we had a really big crowd for that as yeah, well. We so did. it was really it, nice. Yeah, it was so sick. That's yeah, awesome. we were worried it was going to look kind of empty, you know, because like if it's outside, it's hard to fill the space. So we were a little bit nervous. Oh, can you hear me? something happened in my ear so I was like wait what happened um we were kind of nervous yeah that it was going to look empty and then we went out there and it was like we were just like whoa my god but yeah it was really cool we had a really good crowd for Blue Ridge too um even hotter that was like 95 degrees I think it was really hot Janelle Janelle was really sick um she yeah, she literally slept all day until like 30 minutes before we played. Um, and I mean, she did great. But yeah, the crowd there was really, really good. It was so cool seeing like people so, so far away, like not even really watching. But then when they see everyone else like swaying their arms, they start doing it too. Mm-hmm. It's really, okay, it's really yeah. surreal. There was there was a little bit of drama with Blue Ridge with the organization and everything. And that ended up getting canceled for the remainder of the days. So I guess we were really lucky that we were able to play our set because a lot of bands weren't able to. Um, oh, wow. And it was just backstage. It was a little bit unorganized, but the stage, the stage manager and the stage, our stage itself was pretty good, but it was just unorganized as a festival. Um, but playing the show was great. The show was amazing. And we got to actually do a signing, at a signing tent, which we've never done before. So that was interesting. We were like sitting all together <laughs> at like a table. And people would walk up to us and we were like, hey. Yeah, that was really cool. The signing thing. Okay. Bob yeah, you guys have to get used to that. That's going to happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. There was one girl that um, started to cry when she met us. And so I was like, oh, my God, can I give you a hug? And she was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is really crazy. Esa es como I, la parte, esa es la parte más bonita de, de, de ser artista, yo creo, siempre, sentir el cariño del público, definitivamente. Yeah. And Nelson's yeah, saying, I, is he, that that's his favorite, one of his favorite parts, probably the favorite part of doing music is just feeling that, like, public love and, like, just, wow, like, I can give you a real hug and you're going to feel so much one. after, like, you know? Yeah. The love definitely keeps us going. I mean, if you didn't feel that from the listeners like we do, um, it would be very hard to, because like we said, touring is very hard work. So it's so nice when we meet our listeners and everything, because it just makes it all worth it, you know? Because it's easy to, it's easy to forget, I guess, because um, we're on tour for a very long time. It's it's easy to forget the impact that our music has on people, you know, if you're just like having a bad day or whatever, and then, our fans always change our mood. They always put us in a better mood. <laughs> yeah, I feel like some of the best shows I've played are when I'm like in a really bad mood. <laughs> and then like, I, I'm like, I don't want to play. I just want to go to sleep. 
And then I get on the stage and I see yeah. the crowd yeah. and then I'm just like, this is awesome. <laughs> sí, es un cambio, es un cambio de energía para los dos equipos, ¿verdad? Tanto la gente que los ve como para uno, porque totalmente todo, somos humanos y también tenemos nuestros bad days. Entonces, cuando tú subes a la tarima, el amor y el cariño del crowd también te cambia uno todo. Yeah, the crowd energy can change your like whole spectrum. And just like you change it for them, where they've had the bad day and they're like, oh, fuck yeah, I can't wait to go see Conquer Divide and get rid of everything <laughs> else in life, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, a cat, sorry. My cat's walking <laughs> by. <laughs> okay, right, vamos, con, vamos con la siguiente pregunta, que esa es una de mis favoritas. Recordando cuando eran, cuando eran niñas, eh, ¿Cuál fue la primera canción que escucharon o artista en que usted dijo, wow, aquí hay algo interesante y me encantaría hacer algo similar? ¿Cuál fue esa canción que realmente las impactó cuando eran niñas? So this, this question is for each of you individually, respectfully, okay? Um, so, Kian Izzy, when you guys were, if you go back into your memory banks and think about when you were, you know, both little, right, very, like, little girls, what was the the moment what's the song what's the like that musical moment that you that you say would have sparked your interest and inspiration to say oh wow i kind of want to do music or what is this all about is he yeah. want to go first yeah 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 because <laughs> um so i think for me um so my dad is a really big metalhead so he really liked metallica and i am maiden like all the classic bands and Every weekend, I would go with my dad and go swimming. And then on the way there, it was probably like a 20-minute drive. We would listen. He would like put in Metallica on, in the tapes and have, on the tape player. Um, so it was. I, I was always around metal music and listening to it. And then I had a pretty close relationship with my dad. And I feel like I did it. I wanted to play electric guitar to kind of make him proud. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, oh, I can do it really too. Cute. <laughs> and he's very proud now. Yeah, yeah they, they, um, they're, they're in England and they fly out to a lot of shows. So they came wow. and saw us in Montreal, actually, with Electric Callboy. So they're, they're stoked. They're happy about it, my mom and my dad. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Okay, what about you, Kia? Um, so my family has been pretty musical my whole life, too. Um, I... I actually got into like wanting to do like songwriting um, when I listened, when I started listening to Avril Lavigne. <laughs> um, okay. um, but I didn't really figure out like my style of singing until later in life. Um, I think I was in high school when Misery Business by Paramore came out. And I remember hearing it. Um, one of my friends showed it to me and I had never listened to them before. And um, I remember showing it to my sister and I remember in the, when she does the, not one of them involving, I thought, whoa, I didn't even know you could do that, you know? I remember showing it to my sister and being like, listen to how she sings this part. And I remember my sister kind of being like, okay. But I was like, this is awesome. You I want to sing like that. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of, the, I remember that moment so vividly. Like that's when I was like, this is when I sing, I want to sound like this. And yeah. then it helped that I was also into like Demi Lovato too. Um, but yeah, I remember that specific moment and that mm -hmm. specific line of that specific song. Yeah, yeah, I think awesome. yeah, yeah. Avril, Avril Lavigne and Evanescence were pretty important for me as as well, Kia, because I feel I like- I know you love came, your Avril. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I feel like um, 
I can't remember when I first started going to Avril, maybe nine or 10. Um, and that's around the same time that Evanescence were coming out. And that was like yeah. a really strong female influence, mm. you know, that we hadn't really had before. And I was like, whoa, this is like so cool that like the girls are rocking out too. So that definitely was an influence for me as well. Yeah, I still remember some of like the songs I wrote when I was that age, like around that age. And they sound so so much like just an Avril Lavigne song. Bueno, esa siguiente pregunta es es el siguiente paso después de ese momento de niñas de escuchar ese tipo de música. ¿Cuándo fue el primer momento en que ya tocaron el instrumento? Digamos, en en el caso de Kia, ¿cuándo fue el momento que dijo, ok, voy a empezar a cantar? Y o si fue cantar, puede ser que sea batería o puede ser guitarra, igual a ahí sí. ¿Cuál fue la primera vez que tocaron un instrumento e intentaron hacer música? So Izzy and Kia, I, uh, when was the first time that you picked up an actual instrument uh, and said, okay, you know what, let me try this? And do you remember what that was? Could it have been like maybe even like a makeshift pot and pans drum set in the house or something like that? Like, you know, what, what was the first one? Uh, Kia, if you want to go first, is that? My, my very first instrument I ever played was when I was in fifth grade and in our music class, everybody had to learn how to play the recorder. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I remember like, I remember trying to play it. And then every time I would mess up, I would laugh. And so the air would blow through it from my <laughs> laugh and it would just squeak. And then I would just laugh even harder. <laughs> I was really, really bad at it. Um, but um, when I was, I think, 14, um, my dad bought me an acoustic guitar. Um, my dad is like a phenomenal player. Um, he's a great songwriter, like all of that. Um, and he was like, I want to teach you how to play. Um, and so that was the first time I actually played an instrument that I was kind of good at. I'm not nearly as good as Kristen and Izzy, but I know, I know like five chords. Um, <laughs> I can, I can do some covers and stuff. <laughs> Okay, cool. Okay, okay. Is he what, what about was it guitar or was it something else? It was very first was recorder as well. Actually, that was the very first <laughs> one. But, um, but I was I was quite fortunate because my parents put me in guitar lessons when I was quite young. Um, so I had like one of those uh, nylon string guitars that I played on festival. I think it was either six or seven when I started, and then I got an electric guitar when I was um, I think nine or ten. So I was I was quite fortunate that my um yeah my parents put me in lessons so and then I just kind of stuck with that I I tried piano and I tried drums very 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 briefly as a kid but I always just thought to myself oh I could be spending time playing guitar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bueno, nice. bueno. Bueno, ahora vamos un poquito más a la a, 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 a a los inicios de Conquer Divide. La, la banda se formó por ahí del 2013 y sí entró en el 2014. ¿Cómo fue que, que se dio esa unión del grupo? ¿Fue que se conocieron por internet o cómo fue que, que Easy entró al, al grupo? So we kind of read that uh, the band had already formed in 2013 and then Izzy joined in 2014 and that there's a whole like internet thing on how you guys became who you are now. How exactly did that happen for the forming of the band? Yeah, so we actually met online. Um, I uh, I actually hadn't had like any intentions or was like looking to like be in a band or do any of anything like that. Um, and I remember 
one of my friends from high school messaged me and was like, hey, I just saw that this other band, I can't remember what the band was, but this other band posted um, that they're looking for female singers online. You should audition for it. And so I did. And I was really nervous um, because I was like, what if this is like a scam? You know, mm-hmm. what if like what if this is like not real um and one of my other friends was really familiar with joey sturgis and all of his work and stuff so i was like you should come with me because then like yeah just in case it's like something creepy you know like who joey sturgis is and what he looks like so when we get there you'll know like if it's real or not um (laughs) and so yeah i auditioned and i i left and someone else came and auditioned after me and i was so so nervous but then i was in it was cool (laughs) and that was all she wrote for me (laughs) and then that's it and that's it kia's in there and then i probably joined probably about what like a year after you kia maybe um and then so i just i used to do guitar covers on youtube um and it was really kind of like a my own personal progress like diary that i use you know i'd upload different covers to track my technical progress and then I just got a message from Kristen um, on YouTube asking if I wanted to join. And I really liked the music. And I just thought, why not? At the time, uh, I was studying music in London. Um, but what I really wanted to do was perform. So I just came over the States, um, met all the girls, and then ended up moving here to Michigan. <laughs> qué bien, qué bien, qué bien. Cómo se dieron las cosas, ¿verdad? Siempre, siempre la vida es así. Las cosas las acomoda para que sucedan. It's crazy how life is a puzzle and it's just, oh, okay, here, everything comes together all of a sudden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I still remember like when I got the message, because I thought, initially I thought like, oh yeah, this is probably a scam, you know, because it's <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> but then I listened, um, Kristen sent me Eyes Wide Shut. And I was like, oh, I actually really like this, you know? And then I remember showing it to my parents. I was like, this band wants me to audition in the States. And they were like, oh, this is really good. You should go for it. Ok, la primera vez que tocamos eh, Conquer Divide fue la canción Chemicals en el 2021. Eh, um, queremos saber cómo fue que llegaron a hacer esa piezota después de haber dado un break de un par de años en el grupo. So the first time we played Conquer Divide was the track Chemicals in 2021, um, which was also the first single after you guys had been uh, uh, like on a hiatus for a couple of years before recording that how did the break that you took inspire the song chemicals oh that's a good question (laughs) i'm like trying to even think i'm trying to even think like i don't think what is chemicals (laughs) well i don't think i don't think necessarily the break inspired chemicals um but you know we released our album our debut album in 2015 And then we probably started seriously writing new ideas maybe in 2019. So I don't think the break inspired it, but we were ready to start getting back into it in 2019. Um, And Kristen does a lot of the beginnings of like the lyric writing. So I think that would be a really good question for her what is <laughs> I, I know I remember us like sitting down and coming up with guitar ideas but when it comes to like lyrics I'm not really sure what initially inspired her to write the song chemicals Kia you might have more of an insight yeah yeah so when we when we were writing chemicals like lyrically mm-hmm. we were trying to explore like 
what it's like for a musician. Um, so a band that I'm really into, they, they also had taken a break because the vocalist was going through like some addiction and mental health issues and stuff. And I remembered when they came back seeing comments of people being like, basically like, oh, they were so much better back then. And so we wanted to like explore what it's like for musicians or artists in general to like um, do something to better themselves. But the people who are fans of them um, would rather, rather those people be in a less fortunate position just for the sake of having better art. Does that make sense? I feel like I've rambled that yeah, together. I, no, absolutely. Yeah. But so, so yeah, that was kind of like where that came from. I don't think it was inspired by the break, but it was inspired by things like I had noticed happening, mm -hmm. like in the music industry, because that happens so much. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the break definitely helped us write a lot of stuff and helped us realize that there are more important topics to yeah. write about and focus on. Um, so that definitely did help for sure. I don't know if it helps specifically with chemicals, but I think it definitely helps specifically with flow burn as a whole. That's yeah, because we had enough right time to reflect. Absolutely. <laughs> right on cue. Amazing. <laughs> verísimo, verísimo. Okay, ahora, Slow Burn es absolutamente un disco fenomenal, de verdad. Es que de principio a fin es muy Thank difícil you. encontrar en estos tiempos un disco tan completo en donde todas las canciones son buenísimas. Es que tocan eh, temas de la protección del, del medio ambiente, la presión en las personas, la, las relaciones abusivas, el sentirse solo. ¿Cómo fue el... el, el el, el trabajo tan increíble que hubo detrás de este disco, porque es que realmente cuando Lu me dijo a mí, Manel, es que tienes que escuchar el disco de Conquer Divide, todas las canciones son buenas, yo dije, bueno, es que lo dice él porque es súper fan, pero es que la verdad es un discazo, o sea, todas las canciones son buenas, yo dije, ma, es que de verdad, paso a la siguiente canción y me encanta, pongo la otra, me encanta, es un disco increíble, así es que cuéntanos un poquito de cómo fue todo este trabajo en este disco, Slow Burn. So Slow Burn is an absolutely phenomenal record. Uh, we've never heard uh, an album where every single track, like every single track on a full album is a legit bona fide hit. I have 10 years of radio experience from back in the day where I did a lot of crazy stuff in music for, for a lot of big things. And I swear I have like I, when I told Nelson, I'm like, Nelson, this This album just came out like three days ago and it's in my top five. He's like, oh, this year, like no of all time. He's like, okay, no, no, you're just a fan of the band. No, it's <laughs> really that good. It is phenomenal, amazing. I've never heard an album where all 12 tracks, it's just like, sí. just spin the wheel and which one do you want to play on radio? It's so, so, yeah, so it. good. Um, wow. Most of, <laughs> yeah. Oh, real life. Like it's, sí, it's yeah, insanely yeah. amazing what you, what you guys did. It's not even... Uh, it's yeah am amazing um you guys touch on a lot of different themes throughout the album uh from protecting the environment dealing with pressure being in abusive relationships feeling unwanted most of your lyrics feel like they're really cool and that they're about repercussions for bad behavior like you guys are putting the bullies in their place like you mess with the environment all right this is what you're gonna get You're going to mess with me and you deserve this, you know? Uh, so can you tell us about how you guys chose these topics for this album? Because it feels like there's an overwhelming, like, come up in, as the theme for Slow Burn. Huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly how all of them came to be. You know, some of them are 
Um, like we mentioned, like we were, we had that break. Um, some of them were things that were happening to us specifically or to um, people around us. Um, I think a lot of it was just like observation based, like, oh, you know what? We've never written a song about this. We should write a song about, about this. But I have said before, I feel like I notice a difference in like the overall theme from this album um, from the old one. Um, I feel like the last one was very like, you hurt my feelings and now I'm sad. And like you said, this one is very like, you fucked me over and now this is what you get. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Izzy, if you want to add anything. Yeah. Um, so exactly. Um, there are, there are <laughs> Ditto. But I think there, there are definitely tracks that um, are purposeful. For example, Paralyze was about Kristen's own experience with the pandemic, being a nurse throughout the pandemic. She was. Oh, um, wow. Mm -hmm. So that's that was something that she directly wrote about. Um, but we definitely wanted it was definitely intentional to for us to develop our sound and become like a bit more mature, I guess, because we are all a little bit more grown up. So we did want to talk about things that are a little bit more serious. And I guess, like Kia said, in less of a you hurt my feelings. Wait. <laughs> you make me cry. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now oh, it's get off, of, get off your fucking cross. Like, no, 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 yeah, no, no. Get off of it. Yeah. That's a totally <laughs> yeah. different take. Yeah. Yeah. I will be your nightmare, Lacey. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> vamos, vamos para la siguiente pregunta que tiene que ver con un poco de, de, de lo que fue el, el, la escritura de las canciones y también ese trabajo increíble porque es que la verdad, gente, si ustedes no han escuchado el disco de Conquer Divide, los invito a que escuchen después de este podcast el disco y van a entender por qué estoy haciendo esta pregunta ¿Cómo fue ese trabajo de melodías en la voz, en donde escuchamos una melodía, después escuchamos una voz súper fuerte después una canción con, con mucho anger, o sea, ¿cómo fue ese trabajo para seleccionar quién cantaba dónde cantaba y cómo se hacía todo lo que fueron las voces? So we do have a few questions about this album songwriting process for sure. Uh, we want to start off with Kia. Kia, for the combination of the personal vocal dynamics, along with Janelle's, uh, you know, Scream's counterpart to your vocal tonality is beautiful. It's symphonic. How do the two of you go about determining when it's time to use one or the other? Oh, um, I think, I think you can kind of just feel it out in the music. And I think it also depends on where we are lyrically in the story. Um, like for example, with atonement, it would be weird if I sang you filthy fucking rat, I think, but it sounds cool. If Janelle, <laughs> yeah, but it sounds cool if Janelle does it right. So yeah. I, I don't think it's necessarily a like, well, I want to have this part. It's more just like, well, this part, sounds like it would be cool if you screamed mm -hmm. here and what patterns are you going to use um yeah yeah it's kind of just it's kind of just a feel mm -hmm. feel thing i guess yeah and then um we are quite purposeful when it comes to our structure as well so usually we try when we're writing music we'll um map out like ideas of like okay how is the song going to progress And then we do think about like, oh, yeah, this will probably be the screaming part, a singing part. And then um, I guess once the once the sections are more um, developed, then we can kind of talk about oh, maybe Kia and Janelle can pass off with each other, you know? 
and Izzy, that goes into the next part of that question. How sí, do you exactamente and Kristen, lo mismo. Yeah. Um, how do you and Kristen go about the guitar writing process to play off of each other? So a lot of the time um, we'll be kind of sitting together. And when it comes to the guitar parts, we'll loop something. And then I'll just kind of, especially like guitar leads, we'll loop it and then I'll just noodle over it until Kristen and our producer says like, yep, that's a good riff. Let's go with this one. <laughs> yeah. so it's, just, it's just like a lot of looping. I think I think the one way you described it to me one time, Izzy, is that you just noodle until you see Kristen go, oh, and then yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, okay, I'll repeat something more like that, you know. <laughs> but um, it's a very, it's for me personally, um, I do best when I'm with other people as opposed to just like sitting at home and writing risk by myself. I like to kind of sit. Um, with Kristen in the studio and just yeah have her kind of help and be like oh yeah that one's good that will work well you know and bounce off one each um one another okay okay cool es una es una pregunta muy similar a las anteriores pero es referente a un piezón que se llama Welcome to Paradise cómo llegaron a tener esa estructura de volúmenes de la voz y la dinámica entre altos y bajos así para que nos explique un poquito cómo fue el hacer este piezón Izzy can you tell us more about what you just touched on as far as the group going in with kind of like creating a structure on how you want to build songs Welcome to Paradise for example That's not a song. That's a symphony. Okay, what you guys did there is just—it's—it's it's gorgeous. It's a masterpiece. Um, say, uh, there, there's a lot of tracks on the record that go all over. Like they're just in different realms of music. They don't stay pop. They don't stay metal. They don't stay rock. They're just all over the place, which is extremely difficult to do and to do it well. Um, how do how do you guys go about that? Figuring out the dynamics and deciding how you want to do this stuff. This is crazy awesome. So um, Welcome to Paradise came about because pretty much Kristen, Kristen's a really big Tool fan. Um, and we had noticed once we got to that part of the album writing, we hadn't really written anything in any weird key signatures. So um, Welcome to Paradise is the beginning is in 10-4. So it counts in 10 instead of four beats per bar. So We literally wanted to write something weird. So that's kind of how we did it. Kristen was like, oh, we want, let's do, let's try something off time. Um, and in that kind of um, feel where it feels like a little bit almost like exotic. So we were using like notes that we might not usually use in other songs. Um, the working title of Welcome to Paradise really just describes how we wrote it. The working title of It was fuck around and find out. That's what we did. We just kind of <laughs> messed around with it <laughs> until until we liked it. <laughs> and then um, when it comes to the lyric writing or the vocal melodies, maybe Kia can touch more on that. But do you remember Welcome to Paradise, how that lyric writing went with Kristen? Um, yeah, actually, I, I would say Welcome to Paradise is probably the song that I helped the least on. Um, because I don't understand time signatures at all. Mm -hmm. So when we were like working on it, I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely difficult. It's I weird. Think, yeah, I think Welcome to Paradise was one of those that like, by the time it got to me, it was already like, it was already this thing that Kristen had like worked on so much that I didn't really need to do anything to it, except for just add my... Kia-isms, 
as she calls them. Um, yeah, I, that, I remember recording that song in the studio and being like, I can't figure out how to do it. And it doesn't make any sense because the part that I sing on is in a regular time signature. But I was just like tricking my brain into thinking that it was like, not Something strange <laughs> yeah so yeah when I when I recorded it in the studio I had to listen to Kristen singing it in one ear while I sang over it until I got it and then I could actually record it for real <laughs> kind of crazy <laughs> okay ahora vamos con la canción favorita de Lucas Pressure ¿Cómo fue? O sea, ¿en qué se inspiraron para escribir esta canción que tiene el loco al primo de Luis y la pasa poniendo todo el día que se sube al carro Pressure is my favorite song since I've heard it. I'm not even exaggerating. I listen to it three or four times a day. I saw the acoustic version that you guys did, which is super cool. Uh, please tell us about the inspiration for that song. That song is beautiful. Yeah, actually, that one's kind of funny because it's a song about not being able to write music, which is kind of interesting. Um, it was kind of like, okay, well, we're going to come back and everything needs to kind of fall together. And if this doesn't work out for us, then like we might need to reevaluate where we are as a band. And so that was kind of the thinking behind that song. That's kind of just like, well, I really want to do well. And thinking about how much it would suck if I didn't do well is like really hard and making this harder than it needs to be kind of thing. Overthinking the more. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Izzy, it looked like you were going to say something, and I think I cut you off. No, no, it's okay. I was just thinking how Pressure is the um, song on the album that Tyler Smith helped produce. Um, and when I, I really like Pressure as well, um, but what I, what I personally really like about it is you can tell a difference with Kia's vocals because there's a lot of, like, vocal layers in that song, and that's what I was thinking about. There's just It's just a cool song. I like it as well, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, we played it live a couple of times before the album was released. And it's quite funny because this has happened numerous times on the album. Because um, I came into uh, Pressure a little bit afterwards with the writing. So I came in and helped with a couple of leads and a couple of licks. And there's one um, in the pre-breakdown that I wrote and I had accidentally written it in the wrong key on the guitar in the wrong tuning I mean and live Kia has to come help me and be my capo and she has to do that in two songs in a set pressure <laughs> and <laughs> paralyzed because <laughs> I had gotten in there and I was like and I had an idea in my head so I just grabbed a guitar and I played it on the guitar with open strings so it ends up being in the wrong tuning though. So Kia has to help me live with that. <laughs> I love it. I love being the capo. It's so fun. Yeah. It's a nice little can, bonding experience. Yeah, she kind of puts her finger on the string because <laughs> I'm like up here doing different stuff. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Except sometimes she runs away from me so then I have to run to try to catch her. <laughs> yeah, it was because it, we were on tour for such a long time um, and we played Paralyzed where she has to do it in that song as well. And it was almost like a game towards the end. Like I would try and like get away from her. She'd like try, she'd have to try buy my guitar in time. <laughs> okay, vamos con ya una de las últimas preguntas. Todavía faltan unas cuantas, pero bueno, ¿cómo fue trabajar con Joy trabajando, o sea, en la producción de este último álbum? ¿Cómo fue? Tell us about what it's like to work with Joey Sturgis as a producer. I love working yeah. with Joey. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you go. No, yeah, no, I like it. I like it too. 
I like it too. Um, we trust him a lot, you know, so that's nice um, because we just trust him to make us sound good. Um, and he he's just really good at what he does, you know, and it's, it's quite funny because when it gets to like the ending bits and there are mixes going on with the song, it'd be like, oh, the song's been mixed eight different times. Um, and Kia will get this sometimes. We're just like, we can't hear the difference, but then he <laughs> no idea. It. <laughs> We're like, yeah, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah sounds like good. we'll get, we'll get a mix back and it'll be like, you guys listen to this and see if there's anything you think we should change. Joey thinks we should change this. And I'm like, then, I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, I really like working with him um, for multiple reasons. One of the biggest reasons is because like he doesn't sugarcoat things and his style of motivating me is the style of motivation that I respond to the best, which is like, Hey, that wasn't good. And I know that you are better than that. So just do it better. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> um, we have yeah. such a good like system in the studio of if I sing something, I can just tell by like just the way he presses like stop that it wasn't good. <laughs> and then I just need to do it again. Um, so, yeah. So like every time in the studio, it's like with him, it, I feel like it goes so smoothly because he knows or I know that if he stops it and the recording starts over again, you don't have to say anything. I'm just going to do it better. Mm -hmm. um and when you receive a compliment from joey it's just it just feels so rewarding because he doesn't just give them out for no reason you know yeah. so you know if i do something he's like hell yeah i'm like we have a great we have a great team when it comes to um being in the studio and getting our songs produced so <laughs> we do some pre-production and engineering with John Eberhard and Nick Maxgals and then Joey comes in and like kind of oversees the final product and helps us put the finishing touches on it um it's always fun you know it's, it's always fun it's always so much fun yeah yeah I'm, I always have so much fun at the beginning of recording and then by the end of the day like when I've been in the booth for like eight hours I'm like <laughs> and then I start to get hangry and then no one has fun anymore yeah <laughs> Kia, Kia no longer feels like a person actually towards the ending she's like I'm not a person I'm just a voice <laughs> I'm just a machine yeah. <laughs> así es cuando estamos en el estudio sí ok vamos ahora con una pregunta eh, interesante eh, eh, hay dos momentos diferentes en dos canciones diferentes tanto en System Failure como en Afterthoughts que hay un momento pequeño de silencio total eh, ¿A qué se debió eso? ¿De quién fue la idea? So, we have three quick production questions about the album, right? And so, we're just, just got curiosity from, from music production nerds, right? Lou um, so es muy curioso. Yeah, I'm very curious. Sorry. So, there's two moments in two separate tracks on System Failure and on Afterthought where there's a brief moment of dead silence during each track, which is something very rare. That's not like a normal thing in music where all of a sudden it's just like, wait, did, did my... Did someone turn off the thing? What happened? Oh, no, it starts again. <laughs> the idea was this. Did you guys do this in post and pre? How did that come about? It's super cruel. That's why. I think actually in Afterthought, um, we, so Afterthought used to have a totally different instrumental, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, I think in Afterthought, 
it was, I think it was John's idea to do that like moment of silence there. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I heard it for the first time, I literally was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like that is so sick. Um, I don't really understand like the technical aspects behind it. I don't know if you do, Izzy. I think it's called a hard, I think it's called a hard stop. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. There's very we've few talked, we've talked about it before, but it's definitely very dramatic. And I think mm-hmm. um it it is used in like more like metalcore music, but you don't want to like overdo it, you know. So we've tried it. I can't remember where we've tried it, but we've tried it in the past and it just like hasn't really hit hard. But in those songs, it really does hit really good, especially system failure. Yeah, um, that system one's so yeah, yeah dude listening to that in the car when that happens mm-hmm. is just like so hype it's so it's, good yeah it's funny because <laughs> some people some people might be like oh what happened you know yeah it is so sick Ok, esta pregunta es más que todo para easy verdad en la canción author thoughts cómo fue ese back and forth de, 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 de la guitarra en, en, en esta pieza. Is you, during Afterthought, is that your guitar line or yours and Kristen's are panning back and forth? So we haven't actually played Afterthought live yet. So we haven't, we haven't um, decided who's going to play which part live yet. I have a feeling we're going to be trading off, though. We're going to be trading off between, but I'm excited. We haven't, that's one that we haven't added to our set yet, so we haven't practiced it all together. Um, so it's just been in the studio when we put it down. Very cool. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Eh, Esa es para Kia. Hay dos notas altísimas en la pieza Playing with Fire and Wide Awake. ¿Cómo fue ese trabajo tan brutal para llegar a esas notas? We're checking our audio tone, see if we still have it after all these years. We think that the two highest notes you hit, Kia, are during Playing With Fire and Wide Awake. Are we correct? I don't remember what the highest note is in Wide Awake off the top of my head. But Playing With Fire, yes, I'm pretty sure that's the highest one. And it was really, really hard to do. Really hard to do. Um, I think at one point... We used something from my demo because like day of in the studio, I was having a hard time with it. Um, so there was, I think, one part where I hit it once and then we just like copied and pasted it because it was so hard. So um, hard. And what's what's crazy about it, too, is that I can hit that note. But then when you start to like think about it, like it's so it's so much just a mental thing. And excuse me. And that song, like lyrically, is really hard for me. So it was just like, I was just not, I was not doing good that day. Um, but yeah, definitely that. I I remember that being the hardest one. I can't remember what note is the highest in Wide Awake though, off the top of my head. There's, there's an awake that you hit at the very end when you're like, it might be the very last awake at the last chorus. It is kind of oh, high. It's- is it the if I stay? Uh, there's an action, and it might be that one or the or the actual. There's See, an, we awake, don't know. an actual awake, like the last awake that you hit, like at the very very end, is uh, like wow, yeah. like very high pitch too. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't, one. I don't remember. Is it in the harmonies? Maybe because a lot of the harmonies in a lot of the songs are very very high. 
So it Thank might you. be something in the background. Um, Cause when we do our harmonies, I really like having a ton of layers of harmonies, which I end up getting annoyed with because I'm like, Ooh, let's do this, this, this. And then I have to track all of it. Um, but yeah, a lot of the harmonies for the whole record, there was a mm -hmm. lot of really, really high stuff. I remember like Joey being like, this is going to be the highest note you've ever hit. And then I'd be like, I'm no higher. And then I would just <laughs> regret it. Okay. En este último tour, ¿pudieron tocar todas las canciones de este último disco o no? So, um, Izzy, you just mentioned that you haven't performed uh, Afterthought uh, live yet. Were you guys able to perform the rest of the tracks at some point during the last uh, tour with with a either or uh, Icon for Hire and for with Electric Callboy? So we played we played all of the singles that we've released. So that is okay. Atonement, New Heaven, Paralyzed, Welcome to Paralyzed. Do you have a set list on the wall? Yeah. No, and not the set list. It's just like the album list that I have. And I have like all the BPMs put on there and like the tunings of each one. So for practicing. But yeah, we, we did all of our, um, our singles because our set was only 30 minutes long. And we wanted every single one to be a single that people have heard before. If we had a longer set, maybe like 45 minutes, we would have we would have felt more comfortable maybe playing things like System Failure or Afterthought. But we, we really wanted it to be like our well-known music. And of course, the album was released during the tour. So not everyone had heard like Afterthought and System Failure yet. Cool. Cool. Eh, bueno, yo personalmente... Eh... Tengo una gran admiración por el grupo de ustedes porque realmente hacen las cosas increíbles, pero quisiera saber si en este camino tan difícil de la música han encontrado algún obstáculo por ser mujeres. So, Conquer Divide is fucking amazing. Not as a female band, as a rock metal band. band. Okay, period. That's just number one. Um, however, uh, what are some of the obstacles that you guys have faced so far as a full female band? Um, so I think it's it's kind of like a double-edged sword being in a female band because um, there are struggles that come along with it. For example, um, we've sent, when we weren't signed and we weren't with a record label and we were shopping around, we had people replying to us like, hey, like this is really good, but we've already got a female band on our roster. Like we can't have another one, you know what I mean? So that's tricky because it's almost like you're put into a smaller box. Mm -hmm. um, and that's exactly actually what our last song on the album Gatekeeper talks about. But at the same time, some people like us for the fact that we are an all-female band as well. <laughs> and like some people really like um, female-fronted music as well and the sound of female artists. So there are positives and negatives. It seems like they're both very mm -hmm. extreme, you know, like... It's like, you either love us or you hate us. <laughs> yeah. I think the the classic trope, too, of just being a woman, um, a boss, a boss bitch, if you will, um, is that when you try to get things done, sometimes it's perceived um, in a more negative way than it might be if you were a man trying to get something done, um, you know, coming off as a bitch instead of just as a person who's just working really hard. Um mm -hmm. And I mean, it happens in all fields. Um, and I mean, my least favorite thing is like when I feel like on some in some venues, it has happened in the past 
where the people working there just assume we don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And they kind of try to dumb it down so we can understand why we have to do it this way. And we're like, no, we're not going to do it that way because we know what we're talking about. So um, yeah. And they said, I think the classic thing, Kia's been called sweetheart too many times, right? Kia? I don't, yeah, I don't like it at all. On one of the days, sweetheart. Yeah, on one of the days on the last tour, someone like this guy literally said, "Like, well, sweetie, I don't think you understand." And I was like, "No, don't talk to me like that. I, I'm too old for this shit." Good, good. Muy bien, muy bien. Así tiene que ser. Okay, ya casi son las últimas preguntas. Esa es una pregunta que a mí me gusta hacer siempre y es existiendo tanta música y tantos artistas hay alguna canción que tiene que ser de sus favoritas que usted dice pucha a mí me hubiera encantado haber escrito o haber compuesto esta canción y cuál canción sería this is for each of you respectfully uh we're gonna go to izzy first izzy when you think of all the music that you've heard all the music you've heard regardless <laughs> of genre doesn't matter okay guilty pleasure whatever it is is there one song in particular that you go back to and you're like oh man i wish i would have wrote that song uh actually i think oh, the, no. what i'm just yeah i know i have to answer this too i'm oh. just thinking sorry <laughs> so i don't think i don't <clears throat> think um i have a specific song in mind but my favorite album growing up probably like metal when i first got into metal was system of a down toxicity so really anything from that album like there's a lot of cool guitar riffs in there you know and they're not necessarily really complicated but that would have been nice it's to write that album feeling. el feeling de ese disco es increíble mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah the uh, nelson's saying the feeling on that album is phenomenal yeah yeah it's so like angry as well you know and raw but we didn't write that album though, did we kia sí. <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> not <laughs> you know what about you what's this what's the one song that you're like oh man that one Wow, that's so hard because I there are so many that I think of when I think of this question. Um, I don't know how much I can narrow it down, but any honestly, anything off of um, Lord's melodrama album, um, I think that her writing style is so raw and like beautiful and like it just you can it's like you're just reading her diary. And I think that is so, so powerful. Um, and then the other one that comes to mind is a song that I, I don't listen to it all the time, but every time I do, I'm like, fuck, this is good. Um, and that's total revenge by say anything. I think it's the same thing. It's because of the lyrics, um, are so just like, wow. And like the metaphors are so good. And the, structure of the song is like so well done mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's that's as narrowed down as i can get with that I actually i actually think i've had this conversation and with my husband we've, we've done it like oh imagine if ima- imagine what it feels like to write that song and i did have one i had one um one other one because i remember we talked about it and that's the ending solo um for purple rain Prince. Oh, I see, I oh, yeah. yeah, that's like what like, I was like, sí. imagine writing that. That would be so <laughs> 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 Es una obra de arte
Bueno, chicas, ya casi vamos por las últimas preguntas. Es un poquito más como personal, como cuando están en el tour para ir ya como cer cerrando este podcast que ha estado lindísimo. ¿Cuál es esa comida que cuando tú haces de tour dices, ah, ya llegamos a tal lugar y ahí está esa comida que a mí me encanta? ¿Qué lugar es y no hay comida? So this is just personal random questions, which we want to just give a teaser to talk about your Patreon account that you guys just started, where Conquer Divide fans can learn about this stuff and everything else. So this is just teaser questions. All right, for both of you, what's the favorite food that you found while you've been on tour? Where you've been like, oh my God, we have to go back to Mike because the food there was amazing. Quiero tacos. <laughs> So when he first asked this question, all I could think was on this last tour, I ate so much ramen from gas stations. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes and sometimes I would be drunk and I couldn't decide between two ramen. So I would get both and combine them together. And I always, always regretted it, but I would still just do it. Um But she's crying. It's a very sad story. <laughs> no, I'm just, oh, I'm just dude. laughed as soon as, as soon as I heard him say food. I was like, oh no, oh no. Um, and I was, and I would like encourage Kia. We'd be in like a gas station at like 2 a.m. and she'd be like, should I do the double ramen? I'm like, yes, you should do the double ramen. And she would get <laughs> two completely different brands. <laughs> And then heat them up in the microwave and then put them in one bowl. And then I would always check in with her when she was like eating it. I'm like, how you do it? Like, how you feel it? And she's like, this is good. I'm like, I'm going to eat this whole thing. <laughs> um, okay. Um, but on a serious note, like good food. I'm trying to think. Can you think of any places, Izzy? Um, so I, I, this is from like forever ago, but I can't remember when we played El Paso. Was that All Stars tour? I think it was. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I always remember because we went to this, I think me and Sarah went to this, um, I can't even remember the restaurant, but it was a restaurant and they did vegetarian or vegan, like tofu wings. And I wanted regular chicken wings because I'm not vegetarian, but I ordered these like buffalo tofu wings and they were so good. And I was like shook because they were so good. And I can't remember where it was, but they were, they were really good. And now like I eat tofu sometimes because of that. Wow. Because <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> okay. Um, um, there was I'm somewhere not... we went. Oh, sorry. No, no, that no, no, please oh. There was somewhere we went on the icon tour when we went for lee's birthday that had zombie burger where was that it's called zombie burger i know but what city was it in oh sorry <laughs> um, <laughs> um i actually have one second i can find it out. was it, i don't remember where it was right? but it was so so good des moines oh was that the last show iowa. yeah I yeah can. it was in iowa yeah it was really good zombie yeah. burger It was the Walking Dead-themed fast food place. It was good, yeah. Ah, huh, okay. Very okay. interesting. A ver, a ver. Okay, y hablando de cosas del día, ¿qué grupo o qué canción acaban de escuchar en la mañana? O sea, ¿qué grupo estaban escuchando antes de venir aquí a la entrevista o estaban escuchando cuando se levantaron o en el carro? No importa el género, ¿qué acaban de escuchar? Okay, no lying. What was the last music you heard, Izzy? Anything that you heard today, that you were listening to today, what was the last thing you heard today? <laughs> in the stallion in the gym 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I listen. I listen. I've in in the gym. I either listen to like rap music or metal. Mm -hmm. Like both of them get me hype, and it's kind oh. of like it depends what mood I'm in. Um, which which one I pick, but. I like female rappers, you know, because it's kind of like it's it's kind of like the same thing with being in a female fronted band. It's like girl power, you know. So that's awesome. What about you, Kia? What was the last thing you listened to? I just pulled up my Spotify. The last thing I listened to was Cursed by Gideon. Wow. And actually, I remember this now because I was driving to work yesterday where I work as a preschool teacher and I had the windows down and the music all the way up. And it was so I was like, this is such a vibe, dude. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to be it, though. I was expecting something way different. But that's kind of a cool answer. <laughs> Ok, en, en nuestro programa La Dosis siempre queremos poner música nueva porque también nos interesa eh, aprender mucho. ¿Hay algún grupo que ustedes digan, ok, este grupo no es tan conocido, pero tienen que escucharlo? ¿O algún grupo de algún amigo que nos quieran recomendar para también ponerlo en la radio? So we're always, always, always looking for new music here on La Dosis. Obviously, we were super fortunate to discover you guys years ago and everything that you guys are going to become. So we're so honored to have you here with us. While you guys have been on tour uh, during this past summer and just in general, are there some other bands that you guys were like, oh, wow, that band is awesome and that are kind of unknown that Nelson and I need to say, we got to hear this. What Kia? Do you remember what that um the female front with purple band hair, did? Gina Fritz? Gina yeah, that's Fritz. that's that's who I was gonna say. Um, yeah. we played at a show with Icon for Hire, and the opening band was this band called Gina Fritz, which that's just the name of the Gina vocalist. Fritz. Gina Fritz. Yeah, it's G I N A Fritz uh, is F R I T Z. Okay. Um, she Very actually good is about. Singer. So, so good. Her stage performance is um, like her um, presence is so good. Um, she's about to release new music, actually. Um, um, I, I follow her on Instagram, so I've been kind of trying to keep up with it. But yeah, Gina Fritz, for sure. Um, I think she lives in Connecticut, right? Is that where we were? I don't even remember. Yeah, it's Connecticut. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. there's there's so good they're so good and i i think it's so cool that the band is just named after her like that's so thing don't get any ideas i'd do it i'd follow kia to the ends of the earth oh Aww. i follow you too oh, thanks thanks kia <risa> bueno, bueno que hoy estuvo entretenidísimo chicas, muchísimas gracias eh, pero antes vamos a hablar de todo lo que ha sido el, el Patreon, así es que eh, dignos explícanos por qué la gente tiene que inscribirse en el Patreon de ustedes y qué pueden encontrar ahí So again, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. For viewers that want to learn more about the wonderful band Conquer Divide, you guys just launched the Patreon So if you guys want to tell everybody what Patreon is for people like, okay, what is that and what they can expect from Conquer Divide, because you guys also have a awesome social media and I love Increíble. watching to see every week what you guys end up doing. <laughs> so Patreon is basically like a fan club um, for listeners and they can subscribe to different amounts every single month and you get like different perks in different tiers. Um, and it's, It's a way for us to reach our fans, to give them like exclusive content. Um, 
and just really, and it helps us as well because um, it helps us get paid for our music, which we don't really get paid for our music. And we want to be able to do this full time. Like, like Kia says, um, when we, when we come back from tour, we have to go back to our jobs. And ideally we don't want to do that. We want to just be able to like write music yeah, and too. just do, and just like put our full effort into Conquer Divide. Um, so it's just, it's, it's a way to help us do that. Muy bien, muy bien, excelente. Es que help gente, us ya help saben. you. Sí, ya saben que tienen que inscribirse al Patreon de Conquer Divide para que puedan hacer más trabajo y puedan conocerlas un poquito más. Aquí abajo está puesto absolutamente todo. Así es que hay algo más, Luisito, para despedir el programa y decirles unas palabras lindas a ellas. That's it. That's it. Uh, so, thank you guys so much. We are so, so grateful and we are so happy to have spent this time with you guys we hope that we can meet other members of the band as well the next time we hope that we can have a hopefully an influential role in being able to bring you guys down to costa rica for the first time and to central and south america um nelson sí. la verdad gente yo si no han escuchado conquer divide tienen que escucharlo igual ya lo hemos puesto muchísimas veces en la dosis de verdad es un honor que hayan compartido un ratito con nosotros qué chicas más especiales simpáticas y lindas así es que muchas muchas gracias recuerden escuchar conquer divide conquer divide gracias Hey, this is Kia and Izzy from Kukka Divide, and you you are listening. <laughs> this isn't working. <laughs> Try again. We can do it. We okay. can do it. It's all okay. the bloopers. No importa. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, this is Kia and Izzy from Conquer divide and you are listening to la dose <laughs>